If you have your Bible, Romans chapter 1, verse 8, I'll give you a few quick thoughts. Thank you, ladies, for the wonderful singing and the playing of the violin. Great job, girl. It was good. It's pretty. Love the singing. I want to give you just uh, two or three thoughts. First of all, uh, these are saints of the New Testament time. Saints are set apart. Once you and I are saved, we're set apart in Christ. Amen. Positionally. Means we're saved. We're in the family. And uh, we have been birthed into the family. But in that, there's uh, some things that ought to identify us. We find in Romans chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for your all. And here's the thought that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Real faith ought to be pointed to. If we're going to do something for God and moving, someone ought to identify, hey, this person is on fire. And, uh, you know, if you build a fire, people will come watch it burn. And uh, churches need to be on fire. But who is the church? It's you and I. So we're saved, but the Bible says that your faith, faith is growing. It's getting a confidence, a conviction of who we are in Christ and our responsibility. And uh, we find that in the book of Rahab, or in the book of Joshua, concerning Rahab. I need a nap. <clears throat> Look there at chapter 2, verse 1. Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out... Uh, shied him two men to spy, secretly saying, go view the land. Now, you know the story here. And uh, verse 3, King Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, bring forth the men. Verse 8, before they were laid down, also she come up to them upon the roof and said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given the land. What she's saying is, my actions are based upon what I know. It's going to be the same thing for you and I. If you and ever, if you and I, you and I ever have a faith that's spoken of, it's because of a conviction. Rahab had a conviction. She realized that Jericho is done, and it's going to be destroyed. She don't want to go to hell. She don't want to be destroyed. So, based upon these men and their gods, she developed a conviction. And that conviction was this: Jericho's going down, but I don't want to go down. And we find that throughout this story that she identifies herself. You can look there at chapter 2 and um, verse 10. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. See, that's why I love the Bible. Man, I get into Genesis. It thrills me to know what God did in Genesis. And he'll do the same in me. I get to Exodus. Man, what a God for Moses and, and Israel. And how that um, Pharaoh had to be dealt with. God dealt with him all the way through. That's my God. And everywhere you find the truth in the Old Testament is for you and I to glean from it and to get a confidence that the God don't change. If he did it then, he'll do it today. And so in that, we find that Rahab began to build and layer up her foundation for faith. The Bible says in verse 12, Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. And that you will save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, my sisters, and all that have and delivered our lives from death. Faith just don't involve you, but a real faith that can be pointed to involves others. You realize others might be lacking because of our lack of faith? It could be your children. It could be your home. It could be your finances. I mean, faith is how we are to live. Uh, we're not to walk by sight. We're to walk by. And so in this, Rahab's whole family, her whole dynamic changed because she got a hold of a truth and she took that truth and made it her life. 
I can't help but wonder how many times that we just play with this thing and never get serious. If Rahab didn't take this warning serious, she would have died in her family. But her faith could be pointed to. If you read the whole story, you'll find out the time came. They come in to besiege the city. And uh, when they got to that point where they told her what to do, they looked towards the window of that uh, place where they lived and she identified her faith by what? A scarlet cord. And in that scarlet cord, she was saying, I'm one of you all. I'm not, listen, I have no faith in Jericho. My faith is in your God. And because of that, God blessed her and her home. I'm just saying, if you want God's blessing, it's not in unbelief. It's in standing on his word in belief, in faith. What is it God's wanting you to do? But unbelief stuck in. And you're somewhere where you ought not be because you quit believing. He tells you and I here that uh, that's why we evangelize. We evangelize to put in the word because the word brings folks to a place of decision. Uh, when I got saved, I mean, it was clear. Hell's real and I didn't want to go. So I put my faith in a person, Jesus Christ. Never met him other than a knock on the door. I invited him in. He did come in. I have never seen him yet, but I know he lives because he lives in me. He speaks to me. His spirit, my spirit, we commune. Amen. I see his presence in Landmark Baptist Church. You guys are here. I'm here because we're identifying that we're no longer uh, citizens of this world. We are citizens of heaven. And we're not interested in the outside. We're, what, we're interested in what's going on in the inside. And so in that, we're identifying ourselves. I want to encourage you, these believing Romans revealed who they are by the faith. He says that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. If you've been born again, your first step of obedience in believing is to take your stand in believer's baptism. What you're saying is this, something changed in me. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I want to identify that I am a born-again believer. And I want to take my stand in an outward baptism because I have a master to confess. Amen. That's what you're saying. I'm buried in his likeness and to be rising in the newness of life. You're confessing the fact that something has changed in me. Here's my second thought. 2 Thessalonians 1.3. Paul says, We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, here's the thought, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. The charity of every one of you, all towards each aboundeth. See, a real faith changes things. In this thought, they labored in the field. A real faith ought to give you a desire to work for the Lord. I mean, I'll never forget my first little job was to teach um, church, or uh, kids' church. What do you call that? Um, junior church. And uh, Willard Williams gave me a daily bread. That's back when daily bread was KJV, and it was a good thing. He said, I want you to study something in there, and I'll give you 10 minutes to bring it out. Man, I studied like I was going to be on television. Nervous. But I did it. Because, listen, when you start growing, God surfaces a want to in you. I mean, folks leave America and go across the lands. Why? Because faith grows. 
Faith brings you to a boiling point. Faith wants you to do something to please God. Only God can change the inside to get you to do something on the outside that can be pointed to. Some folks will say, you're plumb crazy. I ain't crazy. God laid it on my heart. I'm here on a mission because God sent me. Where did it come from? Well, Paul said it. We progressively grow. There's no such thing as staying the same. Faith is not walking backwards. Faith is not a lateral movement. Faith is forward. Hey, God, what is it you got for me this week? What is it you want me to do with my life? And then you surrender to whatever that might be. Progressive. He's telling them that there is an upward call. He's reminding them there in uh, 2 Thessalonians that they, uh, their prayer life changed. If you notice, he said this, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the result of that is the charity of every one of you. When I spend time in the Word of God, the fruit of the Spirit just runs over. You are more loving. If you catch yourself nasty or losing your patience or, you know, you're easy to get mad, it's probably because you're not walking with the Lord. It's probably because your absence of fellowship with the Lord. It just happened. Our flesh creeps back up. And it just ought to be a warning sign. Boy, I better get in the Word. I'm getting ugly. Have you ever blowed it and said, man, I don't like that. I don't like that part of me. Anybody got a part of you you don't like? You ever feel it about coming out? And you think, man, I better get in a prayer closet somewhere. They're about to see the real David. We are better people when we're in the Word. And what he's telling him here is in, in Romans, he says, your faith is spoken of. I mean, the results are there. Rahab, can you imagine, man, there was a harlot who identified with Israel. God took us all down, but she lived. Hey, there's a woman. Her name's Rahab. She was a harlot, but God showed her kindness. Hey, faith will be spoken of. If you quit working, they'll forget about Landmark. But how can they forget about you if you keep knocking? You keep loving. You keep showing up. Well, they don't quit. Whatever they got over there at Landmark, they got grit. I didn't answer the door last time they was here. They ought to get the point. We don't get the point. Other than God loves you. And I'm on a mission to tell you one more time he loves you. Hey, there's all type of reasons to quit, but there ain't no quit in faith. Faith is growing, it's progressing. Hey, listen, your flesh will fight you. You got to say, flesh, not today. I'm walking in the Spirit of God. I'm walking in the glory of God. Hey, I got a job to do. Y'all woke up yet? Penny, you're like yes to her. Bible says, are we growing in knowledge? Hey, listen, when you, when you find out, as she did, that Jericho's in trouble, it'll wake you up. When I read 2 Peter about what's going to happen to uh, this earth that we're living on, it changed my life. And you begin to find out, you know what, we're, we're in the last days. He tells you and I some great things here. He said, Beloved, be you not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord a thousand years. The Lord's not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. He's long-suffering. Verse 10, the day of the Lord will come. 
as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. Men are talking about bombs. Everybody's shooting bombs. How far are they going to go? Nuclear bombs. Things that could hit our uh, country and boom, we're gone. Look, look what he says. But as a day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. Folks, we're seeing tremors. Just little tremors of what's going to happen one day, but thank God we'll be out of here. But I'm just trying to tell you, when you read the Bible, man, forget about the newspaper. They're clueless. Forget about Fox News. They'll mislead you. Hey, we got the best newscaster is. It's the Word of God. And it'll build your faith. It'll strengthen you. You'll stand. You'll know things others don't know. Just trying to remind you. Well, I'm saved. That don't mean anything other than you're going to miss hell. You've got to start growing. Progressively grow. Anytime you've got good movement, you're going to get friction. It won't take you long to realize that the devil will turn up his game. And you just got to face it. If you're not doing anything, you're not a threat. But if you've got some movement in you and you're growing, am I right, preacher? Devil said, boy, I hope David's getting in the book down there. David's getting some faith. Hey, come on, demons, come over here. Get a scheme together and uh, take him down. We see it every, thir- or every Saturday on football. You got, tw- you know, how many players are on 11? And I guarantee you, the guy that's giving them trouble up in that box, you're saying, boys, we got to stop that guy right there. He's killing us. What we're we going to do, I don't know, but we're going to have to do something. Take that linebacker off the end and put him on this guy. He's going to take two, stop this guy. What I'm saying is if, if you're going to get involved and try to do something for God, devil will up his gun, uh, game. And the only thing you can do is stay in the word, learn from it, and uh, do what God tells you to do. And by faith, stand on the book. He tells you and I, that there will be persecution. Can I give you one more? Just one more. Bible says, Philippians 2.12, one more. Wherefore, my beloved, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Where he says, as ye have always obeyed, See, there's a time in our Christian faith we do things for the preacher or we do things for people to see. That's kind of like a childish faith. But what Paul is talking about here is not only were you obedient while I was there to impress me, but when I left, nothing changed. You hear the old saying, when the pastor's away, you know, the mice begin to play or whatever, however that goes. You know what? Munch ain't going to be here, so don't, don't worry about it. He won't visit us on Monday. He don't know we're not there. You'd be surprised what you do because somebody else is watching. And that's fine. But listen, guys, our work and our labor is for the one who did a work for us. It's for his honor. So what Paul is saying is, is the church of Philippi, you've been obedient, not just in my presence, but in my absence. I was watching a football game just the other day and the the main player got out, throwed out because of targeting. So the team had to make a decision. Are we going to play harder because we've got to make it up for him? Or are we going to quit? 
Well, they rallied. You know what? We feed off one another. Do we or do we not? And uh, you think it's not a big deal. I'm not there. It's a big deal when you get called for targeting. You got to leave the stadium. Team's going to have to grow up real quick. The ones that lead now might not be here to lead tomorrow. Whether it's a kitchen or a classroom or a church or a bus. Once you get a hold of the word of God and grow in faith and realize I've got a place here. This is a place for me to potentially exhibit my gift. God says if your heart's right and you're growing and you're looking for a place where you can to expound on what I've called you to do, I'll make you a place. Listen, when you're on fire, I promise you, there will be a place for you to burn for the glory of God. He tells you and I, Philippians 2.12, he said our lives have tremendous potential. You ever go by, and I'm in Hazard, Kentucky twice a year, more ugly hills. I mean, it's, an, it's, an, it's a beautiful place. But you know what? You can drive by those hills and think, my goodness, what a waste of land. No, underneath the dirt and the rocks, that is coal. And that coal has fed many of our stoves and kept heat in the home. But that mine didn't jump, or the coal didn't jump out and say, hey, I'm in here. Somebody had to start scratching. Somebody had to go a little deeper and scratch a little more. And all of a sudden, they hit a vein. They're like, what in the world's this? I don't know, but boys, mine it out. That's what God is saying. I've got all types of things for you. I just can't lay it in front of you. It's in the book. You're going to have to dig it out. But if you'll dig, I'll lead you to the vein because I want you to see my richness. I want you to feel the heat. I want you to know I've got exceedingly blessings for you. I've got big things, but I'm not going to lay it in front of you. You're going to have to dig it out. And if you'll dig, I'll show it to you. And every time I go to Hazard, them hills would fill trains upon trains. What we couldn't see, once it was revealed, men risked their lives in the darkness of a mine to pull out coal that you and I can enjoy the energy we have today. You think about the, not only in the mines that bring out the metals, the coal, Pastor, you know more about this stuff. I'm reading it. Limestones, chalk, rock salt, gravel, everything you and I use was naked to the eyes of man until man worked the mine. I wonder what it is, Josh, that we're not finding. I wonder what's in there that we haven't mined yet. I wonder what is it God wants to show us that we won't even open the book. What would we do without all these things? And and they're so readily available. If you need gravel, just go get it. Thank God someone got it before you got it. And they're passing it on to you and you and I are going to shovel a little bit on our driveway, but somebody mind that bad boy, amen. Somebody put in some sweat, but I'm trying to get you to say, it's, it's in there. You got to somehow and your personal growth. Get it where you can mine it. Think about a field. I mean, what's in the field? Well, look at the clothes on your back. I just come through, um, where was I at? Alabama. Alabama. Cotton. I've never picked one of them, but I've read about it because it interests me. 
a little fuss thing, just hanging out there. It's like, I'm nothing unless you pick me. You ever see a lady's hand that picked cotton? Say it's nothing. Well, look at us. We're all wearing it. It might be a little more polyester than there is anything else, but there's a little cotton somewhere in there. What I'm saying is the fields. Half of that food over there we ate came from a field. Someone planted and cultivated and mined it. What I'm trying to get you to see is that it's out there. But thank God we had it on our table. Before it was on our table, somebody worked for it. Brought it in, mined it. Here it is. What seemed to be nothing with work, here it is, full. Just here to remind you, you want God's blessing? You got to be obedient. You want to see God do something great? There's going to come a point where God says you're going to have to do it. I've showed you enough. It's time for you to do it. You can walk around a field, ain't going to get you a thing. You can walk through a field, ain't going to get you a thing. You got to work it. Amen? How many had potatoes today? A lot of work to get in that smooth little piece of potato down my belly. Some of us probably don't know if a potato grows on a tree or if it's mined in a field. You haven't went that far back. Am I right? How many fruit pies? Who worked it? Who got it to the place where you and I could put it in our belly? A lot of work went involved. We enjoy the finished product. I just want you to see, sometimes we're walking right on the harvest. We don't have eyes to see it. Sometimes we work in a place where the harvest is ripe. We're so busy with our own agenda, we never see it. I'm just trying to get you to think, Paul says, Philippians, what gets me about you is you're obedient. You don't let others tell you what you can do, what you can't do. You're sensitive to what I want you to do. What is it that God spoke to your heart about? You know it as clear as you looking at me. You made every excuse in the world. But God says, I spoke my peace and I'm waiting for you to obey. It might not be missions. It might not be, it might be this littlest minute thing. But I'm going to tell you something. God said, I ain't going to crack the earth and let you see the blessings until you work it. I was talking to my dear brother here about what his daughter's experienced. One church wrote $75,000 check for a bus. I bet she never saw that coming 10 years ago. She was just trying to get enough money for a tennis shoe. Am I right? Somewhere in that, you know? I, I bet it was a big day. We t- Ten boxes? A church got ten, uh, ten kids? I'm just, you know. But a, a $75,000. I'm just telling you, it's crazy what God can do. He has people that you have never met that are praying right now, God, what can I do with this? Lord, where would you have me to send this? God, I want to be a blessing. And God look in his field over and says, well, oh man, there's a church over there. They're on fire. And they got a heart. They're growing. Hey, they want to do something. Listen, God will invest his money where he can trust it. Amen. Church, we ain't many here today, but this is enough right here to start a, start a fire that will change this whole town. If we'll just get our faith... And be obedient and say, God, with your help, would you bless what we're trying to do and blow on it and multiply it? See, God's in the multiplying business. 
Amen. I mean, that's why you put fertilizer on grass, isn't it? To take a bare spot and turn it green again. Amen. How many got bare spots in your Christian life? I do. We all do. God, help me to address this spot that needs some attention so I can get it back where it's beautiful again. Heads about, eyes are closed.